What's going on, everyone? Pat Mayo here. Before we start, I want to let you know to fill that one in Dunleague FantasyGolfChampionships.com, the race for the new Mayo Cup. You can find all of the details in the description of this podcast. It's $100 to play. It's 17 events, 10K to the winner. We need this to fill. So please, if you were waiting, can you just go do it right now? I also have a free giveaway on my Twitter feed until noon Eastern time on Tuesday, if you're listening to this early. Plus, I'll have some more giveaways for DraftKings Millionaire Maker tickets up on that feed as well. But the other thing I need you to do is go leave that Apple review. If you're listening to this on your Apple phone right now, or your iPhone, Apple phone, listen to me. I sound like an old. If you're listening to this on your iPhone right now, just scroll to the bottom, quick five stars, uh, leave your email address or Twitter handle in your review, and you are eligible to win one of 10 Millionaire Maker tickets for the $10, one of one $100 tickets for the Millionaire Maker on DraftKings this week. All right, me and Rick are going to get into every player in the field. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 Masters. DraftKings picks player by player. We're going to be whittling down our shortlist. How can we build our core? There's some players that we want to take, but as it turns out, when you're playing DraftKings lineups, you can't play everyone. So how are we going to make those concrete decisions? We'll weigh some pros, we'll weigh some cons, and hopefully I can at least trim down a list where I feel good about waiting two days to trim down more of that list. Once again, if you haven't checked out any of the shows during Master Week, shame on you. Give your head a shake and go back and check those out. Also, smash the like button for the video. Subscribe to Mayo Media Network's YouTube channel, please, right now if you're watching this video. And in the comment section, tell me the highest price player you're going to have 0% of on DraftKings this week. Because like I said, you can't play them all, so you got to make tough choices. Who is getting left out, especially at that top end? That's what's really going to come down to. Do you have the winner? Well, hopefully the guy that you took is not the guy, or the, the guy that you faded is not the guy who ends up winning, and you should be good to go at the Masters. I do want to let you know that all the stats you see, all the tools, the most customizable stat database on the planet, fantasynational.com. Go to fantasynational.com slash mayo right now. Get yourself 20% off. It's the way to go. I did a walkthrough on Fantasy National for the Masters over the weekend. Check out the video version of that if you want some insight. There's a one-and-done tournament as well starting at the Masters. Masters through the British Open. It's major one-and-done season. Most of us already out of the one-and-done. So for $100, you get 17 new events to try to win some big cash. Entries are drying up in that. So hit the description of this video or podcast you'll see the link to the fantasy golf championships and get in there's only 1150 spots available most of them already gone so if you want to get in on that which i suggest you do it's a lot of fun and it takes like three seconds a week to make your picks you can even get text alerts to make sure that you get in play in the one and done also you want some free entries into the millionaire maker I have some good news. If you leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts for the Pat Mayo Experience before the end of Tuesday evening, leave your Twitter handle, leave your email address, whichever one you want to be contacted by, plus something you enjoy about this show, you're in the draw. I got $10, $10 Millionaire Maker 
entries to give away for you to do that and one $100 Millionaire Maker entry to do. Also on Twitter on Wednesday, I'll have even more giveaways for the Millionaire Maker on DraftKings to give you all the people. I'll be announcing the winners of that on the live chat Wednesday, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on Mayo Media Network's YouTube channel, available on demand everywhere after that. I'll be live on Friday, sweating the cut on the YouTube channel with Feinberg and friends. That's always one of the most fun shows of the year. My final picks will be out Wednesday as well. Everything is already up, like I mentioned, but the big thing is subscribe to the Mayo Media Network newsletter. Again, hit the description. Everything is down there. You do that. If you check out Monday's show, I got swag to give away. Official from the clubhouse master's swag. And all you need to do is subscribe to that newsletter to be in the draw. And I'll announce those winners coming up as well. Maybe we'll do that live on the Cut Sweat Show is pick some winners out of that hat at the newsletter. Please subscribe to that. Well, we, I showcased all of the items on Monday's show with Jeff Feinberg if you want to check that out. Enough of me. Rick Gaiman from rickrungood.com is on the line to help me whittle down this cord, my man. You wrote that article for Golf Digest, and they did you dirty on the headline. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, they, they've done me dirty twice on the headline. You know, it's it's all about the clicks. Does, uh, does Dustin Johnson's November Masters deserve an asterisk? The answer is very clearly uh, no. In, in no shape or form does it need an asterisk, but that was the headline. Uh, I thought it was a, a cool little dive into the stats, but man, the people, the people, Pat, were triggered. The Listener's League link for DraftKings, the PME Open has 5,000 spots this week. It's almost full. So, again, description, get your entries in now. Three max, $15 to play. No rake. Better contest than the Millionaire Maker and actually winnable. So enter those first to make sure that you get your spot. Let's jump into this. I want to start at the very top of the board. We're going to make our way down. Will we get to every player? Probably not. There are probably some that we can just take a pass on. If we're both out on a player, we'll just say pass on them, and we don't even spend time on them. But the most expensive player on the board is a guy, I don't want to say flying in under the radar, because that would be not true. Dustin Johnson is the betting favorite for this tournament. He's 9.5 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. He's 11.5 thousand dollars on DraftKings. the pricing is soft for the masters it's top 50 and ties making the cut after 36 holes the 10 shot rule is out at this year's master but you can still make some pretty good lineups starting with dustin johnson even including another top end guy in it the pros would be you know he's the defending champion uh he has two top fives at the masters the past three years hasn't finished outside the top 10 since 2015 do you worry about dustin johnson in his recent form at all Yes, I do. You know, if I if I was rating my excitement on a scale from one to ten, and five would be average, I'm probably like a four, a little a little less excited than average because of the the ten strokes that he lost putting at the work day, the fact that he essentially hate registered for the Valero Texas Open after failing to get out of his group at the match play before deciding on Monday that hey maybe I should just take some time off and figure this out. I mean, by his own standards, uh, the results haven't been good. Now the the plus side of Dustin Johnson is that if there is any golf offer who can go out and flip a switch from good to bad or from bad to good it, it's him so uh, I'm I'm I could I certainly couldn't write him off Pat but I am certainly less enthusiastic than I would like to be entering this week what do you think his DraftKings ownership is going to end up being because I still think it's going to be people will project him coming in low owned, but I think that minimum you're still looking at like 13 percent and he could get back up to 20 if you know the right things and the right people talk about him I was going to say like 16 was, was the first number that popped into my head there just because 
it's so easy to make lineups. I mean, you can get anybody you want into your lineup. There is not a natural, you don't have to drop down to any specific spot. So when, when, especially when all the public money rolls in and everybody starts making lineups and DJ just broke the scoring record five months ago, he's going to make his way into plenty of lineups. Uh, Right now on fantasynational.com, obviously it's very early in the week. And when you use the ownership projections on fantasy national, you want to wait as long as possible. So the database can grow, thus giving you a more accurate representation. But, Right now, let's see, 7,000 lineups have been generated on FantasyNational.com, and DJ appears in 16% of those lineups. Again, if you want all this information, all those tools, FantasyNational.com slash Mayo to get yourself 20% off. Hell, if you get the weekly and use the code Mayo, it's only 7 bucks for the week. Probably pretty good to put those tools to use uh, for 7 bucks a week at FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. I'm... Trending towards leaving DJ out of my core here. What were your results that you found from the November Masters? Because I don't think that there's going to be a huge correlation between this one and that one in terms of the scoring that we saw. It does really appear, at least based on every rumor that I've heard, that the course is going to play much firmer and much faster than we saw in November. I don't think that that doesn't mean that there are no takeaways from that. Obviously, there are. But I don't think it's like, oh, Dustin played so well there. He's definitely going to repeat that, and especially in the same way possible. That doesn't mean he can't win, but he might win at like minus 11, not minus 20. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, you have to remember the the conditions were so wet and receptive. There was a three hour rain delay on Thursday morning. I mean, and when guys got out there, it was an absolute birdie fest. Oh, nearly every scoring record fell. We we talked about Dustin Johnson. Cam Smith became the first player to shoot uh, in the sixties in all four rounds. It was just every you know the first round was the lowest first round scoring average. The second round was the lowest second round scoring average. It, it's just it was absolutely bonkers. And uh, Augusta National and the members do not want another twenty under par being hung on them this week we're going to see it's it's traditional much more firm much more fast I mean we were already seeing that with like the Augusta uh the with the women's amateur that was out there like it's it's already getting a little spicy and the week hasn't even started yet so uh it's I think it's going to be a lot more difficult Pat John Rahm is the second most expensive player in the DraftKings system he's eleven thousand dollars he and his wife had their baby over the weekend so there is no more fear of him withdrawing to go be with her if the baby was coming that was the big fear with John Rahm. He's the second most expensive player. He has performed very well at the Masters over the years. Spanish players, by and large, have played really well at the Masters throughout the history of the Masters, especially the very top-end Spanish players. Right now, he is 12-1 to at DraftKings Sportsbook. I think he's going to be very popular this week, and with good reason. I think that if you just had to take one person, no price, no odds attached, John Rahm would probably be my favorite to win this year's Masters. That is probably, that's probably right. Put him in a vacuum. John Rahm's probably your favorite. I mean, it's been uh, since the 2019 Tour Championship was the last time that he lost strokes off the tee. So he's putting himself in great position off the tee. You have to do that at Augusta National. He wins at difficult golf courses. Think about his victory at what? The Memorial. So that's Muirfield Village. His victory at Olympia Fields. We're going to get another spicy one this week. And he's been, he's just been trending in the right direction. And now we don't have uh, whatever, whatever percentage of a chance there was that he was going to be like your 54 hole leader and withdraw from this event because his wife calls and says she's going into labor like that that's gone we we've removed that unknown uh so i'm much more comfortable uh, getting john rom into into any of my lineups and i and i agree pat if you're just looking at these guys in a vacuum it's probably it's probably rom yeah top tens each of the past three masters has some of the best form coming in despite not having a victory so far in 2021 and that's always what you want to look for who has that very solid january through 
April leading into the Masters form, it has been John Rahm. Uh, what are the negatives against him? I would say as someone who has two kids that if he maybe he gets to Augusta later than everyone else because he wants to be with his wife and newborn, uh, probably not sleeping well over that time, although he's a legit rich that he can just pay people to do some of this stuff yeah. for him. And I think that's me just trying to read into it too much because I can't find a ton of cons for John Rahm here. No, uh, you're, you know, the argument's going to be maybe a little bit of a distraction, right? He's got the newborn at home. I'm not, I don't know how we would quantify that or how we would ever find out. Uh, the other thing that you can't quantify is can he win a major championship? Can he hold it all together? We know he's, he's spicy out there and he wears his emotions on his sleeve. And there was a moment a couple of weeks ago, I think it was in the match play where, uh, you know, he just, he just lets it all out to his caddy walking down the fairway and then he's good to go where I think we are seeing a more mature version of John Rahm, but I cannot find a, a metric or anything on the statistics side that would actually be a negative for him. DraftKings own Bryson DeChambeau, third most expensive, 10-8 on DraftKings, has the perfect game on paper for Augustine. Out of nowhere, with his win at Bay Hill, the third place at the players, didn't play well at match play, but whatever. Uh, it's That's a really tough one to kind of parse your mind through, especially in terms of the metrics. I know that you were looking for them, but guys adjust the style of their game if they're down in a match or up in a match. So I don't think that the stats from that tournament especially are exactly relevant. And sometimes you don't even get to play all the holes. So I think that the irons with a big boost back up for Bryson is a huge look for him coming into Augusta because that's really where he had been kind of up and down the driving's going to be great you expect the putting of all of the top end players to probably end up being the best he's very good on the greens around the green he's fine yeah he's above average but it's the irons if the irons can get going he's going to be hard to beat my con would be he tends to do his best work at really hard courses that feature like a lot of rough, deep rough. And that's where his power advantage comes in over so much of the field. When they get themselves in that thick rough, you know, they might get hosled out of it. They might have to lay up. Bryson doesn't. That's how he won the U.S. Open. That's how he won at Bay Hill. That is uh, that is more important than how far he actually hits it is when you get to winged foot and the and the fairways are 20 yards wide and everyone's missing them and now everyone's playing out of five inch rough and Bryson can still lay, lay the club on it that I, I completely agree the one thing I guess I'm more I'm way more bullish about Bryson DeChambeau in the April version of the Masters than I am in November remember back in November when he said this is a par what he say 67 or 68 for him and he was thinking about putting the 48 inch driver into play and he never actually did it, but he used this driver that, uh, I mean, he just cuts loose. And when you miss left at Augusta National, you're in big trouble. And he did that. He barely makes the cut. He flounders around on the weekend and it's not the performance that Bryson wants. Now, looking five months later, Bryson's got a different setup with the driver. He is still as long off the tee, but he's much more in control of where that ball goes. We saw him do that at the API. We saw him do it at TPC Sawgrass. And if he does it at Augusta National, I think it's really scary pat so i'm i am much more bullish this time around because of what we've seen him what we have seen him do with his driver leading into this event than i was when he was just kind of uh closing his eyes and hoping to find it in november from an ownership perspective these top three guys dustin rom and bryson i think that they're all going to be right around the same somewhere between 15 and 20 percent maybe some more buzz will build about them maybe rom because the baby has come he'll get a tick up but i think a lot of it is going to have to do with the next guy in the price 10-6, who I have projected to be the highest owned player from above $10,000. Justin Thomas didn't play well at the match play, whatever. He won the Players' Championship. 
it's really hard to build a case against Justin Thomas, but I'm going to try right here. Okay. So out of all of the top end players, there are two things noticeable about Justin Thomas versus what all of the rest of the guys do. He is the best iron player out of all of these guys. And that goes a real long way at Augusta national. That's one of the key skills that you need to have also around the green. He's probably the best of these top end players, but he has the most inconsistent putter. And when he gets cold, he gets really cold. Unlike the rest of them. And he's probably the worst off the tee, uh, especially event to event. Like it's not surprising to see Justin Thomas lose two strokes off the tee where that's hard to fathom with some of these other guys. That, that the second point you just made, Pat is, is my big takeaway for Justin Thomas. And really the only, one of the only negatives you can find he's, you know, he's team, no putt, he's all that stuff. But um, if you just look at the averages on strokes gained off the tee, you're gonna be like, okay, like, you know, JT's great. He's whatever. When he misses, he misses really wide. You see him, you see him throw up like the, Oh, that one's going that way. Watch out right here. Like he, when he's, when he's off, he's way off. And I'm worried that uh, that big left-hand miss or that big right miss. If you get in the pine straws at Augusta national, that's a half a stroke right there. Those start to add up in a hurry. And when we are at the top of this board, splitting hairs, that would be a concern. Now, can we offset that with the fact that he's probably the best iron player on the planet? The fact that he is a closer, he wins a lot. Like these are all the positives you have going for Justin Thomas, but we're at the top. We're spending over $10,000 on these guys. We got to split hairs somewhere. And that would be my takeaway. I don't even know if that's enough for me to talk myself out of it because the year that Tiger won 2019, Thomas led T to green at the Masters, lost seven strokes putting, finished 12th. He, each of the past five years, his results at the Masters has, has gotten progressively better. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like he's just due to win the Masters at some point. So if you fade him, you just have to hope that it's one of those years where he can't stick a putt and then he comes T13. Like That feels like his floor at this point, as crazy as that sounds. Yeah, there's only, if we continue this trend of him improving his position each and every year, there's only so many more places he can go, Pat, coming off that fourth place finish in 2020. So uh, yeah, that that trend either gets bucked this time around or Justin Thomas is, is, is donning the uh, the green jacket come Sunday evening. Well, this is not going well for crossing people off my list because I think we've made compelling enough case. And that's going to be the case with the guys above $10,000. Like you mentioned, we're really splitting hairs. Now we get to the first one with stumbling blocks, which is probably the loser I'm going to end up playing. But $10,200, Rory McIlroy trying to go through and complete the career Grand Slam. Rory is the only one of these top six players that seems to have negative buzz about him coming in, although his results are not all that dissimilar from what Dustin Johnson has done so far in 2021. Rory did not go over to Saudi Arabia for a cash grab and beat those scrubs over there. But other than that, like he missed the cut at Genesis. He missed the cut at the players. Outside of those two tournaments, he's actually been kind of fine. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, he's 30th in strokes gained total on tour, which 30th is like, wow, there's a lot of guys on tour over 200 that qualify for stats. That's that's really good, except the fact that it's Rory McIlroy and he's just been kind of piling up top 15 finishes, but not winning anything since the start of 2019. I I have to say, you know, I'm I'm concerned because when you're just a little bit off at Augusta National, um, it, it tends to smack you around and it tends to make you pay for that. And when you're entering a new official relationship with a swing coach just in the in the weeks prior to Augusta National, 
national, that is usually not a good sign. And then even if things go well, even if Rory finds the driver that we have seen so often over the years, if he can hit his wedges, which is something he has not shown us that he can do in about 15 months on a consistent basis, even if he puts all that together, the putter at times has still let him down. Even in the best of times for Rory McIlroy, the flat stick has been a bother spot. So I just think while he, while he certainly has a path to victory, it is much more narrow than the rest of these guys in this range, because I think a lot of stuff has to go right for him uh, to be in the mix here. Feels like pressure's off from people talking about the narrative that he's going to complete the Grand Slam because no one's really picking him to win. So that's not even a storyline at this point. He does have four top tens at the Masters the past five years. His worst finish in that span is T21. I feel like he's going to be the lowest owned out of all these guys, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, for uh, almost, almost certainly. Yeah. Just, just with the way that he's really the only guy that has question marks. There's, there's other popular golfers up here with, with JT and Rom and DJ and you either love or hate Bryson. Yeah. I think, I think it is very safe to say that of the 10 K guys, Rory McIlroy will be the lowest owned by the time this, this kicks off on Thursday morning. So let's live in a hypothetical world where Justin Thomas is 25% owned. The top three are 17, 18% owned in the DraftKings millionaire maker. And Xander will just always be perpetually somewhere between 17 and 20% owned. We'll get to him in a second. Let's say Rory comes in at 10%. Would that then make you want to play him? Or do you just feel better with the other guys and not really worry about ownership percentage at the top, which I don't think that people should do. I think that there are certain leverage points that, hey, maybe, a, maybe Rory at half the ownership of everyone, if he can go out and win, you're going to do great this week. I think there are other pivot opportunities this week if you're not convinced on Rory. And I think at the top, you need to be convinced that this guy is going to go out and win the tournament because you're going to need the winner. That's what I've heard uh, in terms of the DraftKings Millionaire Maker. Yeah, that's that's your crown jewel at the top. Uh, you need you need to be comfortable with that golfer. If you're comfortable with Rory, good on you. I'm I'm not, especially when the other guys are around him. So I will certainly I'll find my leverage spots in other places. Again, we've talked about how soft the pricing is and all of the lineups that you can make that you're going to feel really comfortable with on Wednesday evening. Uh, maybe not so much on Sunday evening, but I. I I need to be comfortable with a guy that I'm spending that much on, and uh, I'm not at that place with Rory this time around. Xander Shoffley is now 25 to 1 in the betting market, or 22 to 1, depending on what time that the show comes out, and you've looked at it because the odds <laughs> keep fluctuating on DraftKings Sportsbook. He's 10K even. I just can't do it with Xander. I like the guys below him. I think that he's on the tier with all the guys in the $9,000 level, not the guys that he's priced with in the $10,000 level. And that just makes him too much for me. I feel like I can do more with my lineup. If the difference to me is I can take Xander, but that means I have to take Rory instead of taking John Rom. I'd much rather just go down to the bottom of the nines and leave Xander off of it if I can get up higher into the $10,000 level. I think that he's probably properly priced based on his results. 26 to 1, by the way, at DraftKingsSportsbook.com. But he has not been great recently, and I, I want my $10,000 guy to win. And I feel like his win equity, although he's eventually going to win one of these big ones and it's going to happen, he has shown a lack of closing ability where guys like Thomas and Bryson have shown that they can close when they're there on Sunday. I am so incredibly neutral on Xander Shoffley this week. You know, he started out 2021 uh, doing something with the driver that we hadn't seen before. He gained over three strokes off the tee at the tournament of champions. He gained nearly five at Phoenix. And we were looking at this like, 
if this is the new Xander, if this is what he's going to do and he's added this weapon to his arsenal, like the tour is in big, big trouble. Now he has regressed since then. He's lost strokes off the tee in two of his last four measured events. He's lost strokes putting in three consecutive events. I'm a little bit worried about the trend line here for someone who is $10,000, but I, I know the upside. So that's why I'm just like, I, I would, if you just told me whatever his ownership was going to be and I could be at that number and be dead even on him for the week, I'd be thrilled with that. Do you think that we finally get an ownership discount on Xander or will it be like always where, Hey, no one's really talking about Xander because he's not a super fun guy to talk about. No. And then we look at the ownership on Thursday morning. It's like, Oh, he's 23% out. I, I think this will be the least owned we've seen in a while. I don't know what that means. That might be 15%, 14%, something like that. But there are some names lurking in the $9,000 range that are going to be in a lot of lineups uh, that we haven't talked about yet. And it's kind of that sandwich pricing, right? There's guys above them that people love. There's guys below him that people love. And when you start creating these lineups, Xander just ends up being the odd man out. Well, the first of the two players who we expect to be very popular in the $9,000 range, at least what I'm seeing from projections, probably a top five ownership guy for the week in the DraftKings Millionaire Maker, Patrick Cantlay. Nothing you can really say to be like, oh yeah, he's not going to play well. Uh, he had a bad players. Players is super wonky, two or three bad shots, and you're absolutely cooked. But he's played well at the Masters in the past. He has the sort of overall game that you would want to see from someone you project to be the champion, and everyone else is kind of seeing it. His odds went from 25 down to 20 to 1 in the betting market, so steam is coming in on him. People think this is a breakthrough for Patrick Cantlay. I think that he's great. I think that he's probably going to end up playing well. I think when it comes down to crossing people off, if I'm not going to, I can't eat every popular player and eat the chalk that way. feels like Cantlay is going to be the one who gets left out for me. So great news for everyone who takes Cantlay. I will cross off another guy and I will probably be in on Cantlay. You talked about those, the, the importance of, of lead in form into the masters. And you're absolutely right. The trends for the 90 days leading into the masters in terms of strokes gained T to green are, are very clear. DJ in the 90 days before his victory was number one on the PGA tour. Tiger was, I believe 10th. Sergio was third. Um, Reed was like 21st, which was the worst. Uh, Spieth was first. And then Willett didn't have enough rounds to qualify. So you're talking about the guys in the 90 days leading into the masters are unbelievable from T to green. And the guy who leads that category right now is Patrick Cantlay. And I, I do use the match play data in that as well, which is a bit wonky. You can throw it out if you want. He's still one of the top players and he has just been on an absolute roll. And Augusta national asks you to be in complete control of your game, Pat. And that's exactly what Patrick Cantlay is doing right now. Who are the other players who do pop up on that T to green list? I just want to make sure that I can be in lockstep with some of them. I assume it's like Bryson Rom. Spieth probably at this point. Yeah, so I punched it in uh, at my site, and I did since the start of January, since January first, and I include the match play. So this might look a little bit different, but it's it's Cantlay, it's Spieth, it's Morikawa, it's Casey, and it's Justin Thomas rolling out as the top five. Okay, that oh man, well, Morikawa is next on this list, and I don't know yeah, what is. to do with him at ninety six hundred dollars. You know that I am probably one of the biggest fans of Colin Morikawa on the planet. He's been very good to my bank account. Everyone else, not so much. Morikawa, he's been my guy. He has the win at the WGC. I there's certain things that you can kind of pick apart because you know Masters experience comes a lot into play. He's played it once, did not play so well in November. You know maybe he'll live and learn from that. And we've seen players over time adapt their games to Augusta to get them across the finish line for so long. 
everyone thought that Dustin Johnson probably wouldn't have a shot to win because of his shot shape. And then over time, he corrected that. Now he hits a nice draw and all is well in the world with Dustin Johnson. Obviously, he just piled up top 10 after top 10 after top 10, came second, and then wins at Augusta. I don't know if Morikawa has the proper shot shape for me to go out and win. And at this price, we're asking him to come inside the top five or win. The long irons, probably the best on the planet. You talk about Justin Thomas being the best iron player in the world. It's him or Morikawa. That's just how it goes right now. He's more accurate than he has distance, which could be a good thing, I suppose. The around the green can get wonky from time to time, and the putter could just absolutely not show up. That is the one thing with Morikawa, and he can just putt himself out of one round, and then he's out of contention. So me, like a lot of people, are not using Colin Morikawa, although if you want to take a pivot play, no one's using this guy. Yeah, he's, he's a really good pivot play. Any place that you're, uh, I mean, ball strikers thrive at every single course. My Even more so, my concerns about the putter and the around the green, I guess they kind of go into this, is, is the lack of experience. One trip to Augusta National, and it came in November. We can talk about whether it was good or bad to have your only trip be uh, to the November Masters, which the course is probably going to play a lot different this time around. Uh, there are so many th- through lines and trends, and there's data to back up that uh, experience is 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 so critically important here, especially when you get onto the greens. Morikawa, not a great putter in general, still trying to figure that out in his young career. So I, I just think that uh, Morikawa is going to contend at a lot of these. Uh, I just don't know if it's this one, the first time he's playing the Masters in April. All right, so let's cross him off. Jordan Spieth is up next, $9,400, projected to be the highest owned player by a fairly significant margin coming off the win at Valero he seems wildly underpriced if you look at his odds are now 11 to 1 he's the second biggest favorite on the betting board he's ninth in masters pricing on DraftKings I'm going to set the over under in the millionaire maker at 33 and a half percent ownership would you take the over or the under I will take the over. This is uh, Jordan Spieth at Augusta National with all the public money rolling in. Odds makers have moved him to either the favorite or the second or the third favorite. It is probably warranted what he has done since uh, since the Farmers Insurance Opener. If you want to go back to the start of the calendar year is very impressive. I was actually on the side just kind of comparing what he's doing in 2021 to what he did in the 2015 season. The 2015 season was uh, one of the best seasons ever. I think he won five times he was absolutely dominant he's kind of close to that pat like it's, it's he's obviously not at that historic rate but things are looking very very similar and now he goes to a place that he has uh all all the experience all the good vibes in the world so it's just a matter of if you're going to play speed are you going to find a way to be different in other places uh because there is obviously the built-in value with the pricing coming out so early I don't know if I can take him at that ownership or not. I I just see the Bart Simpson drawing on the chalkboard. Do not fade Spieth at the Masters. And I can't recall a time that his form has been this good coming into the Masters and he didn't come inside the top two, essentially. That do you just eat it and figure it out somewhere else? Is that the move? Yeah, so I think that uh, for me personally, on DraftKings is the only place I'm going to have exposure to Spieth. I, I, I missed the boat on the 100 to 1 numbers that were hanging around. I'm certainly not going to bet him the week of the Masters. You know, one and done situations are, are, are a different story. Uh, this is probably the only place I want to get exposure to Jordan Spieth because of the price, because of how early it came out, and now he is one of the favorites here. So uh, I... 
I play a lot of lineups, so I don't know. I don't know how many I'm going to end up having having Spieth in. But the ones that have Spieth will be very much contrarian and very and, and have a ton of pivots in other spots in case he goes out and wins this thing. I still have a chance of uh, being unique and being different. I would guess that the most common lineup builds to begin your DraftKings roster this week are Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth. Uh, yeah, that sounds, that sounds about right. And, uh, a lot of people are going to have both of those guys. And if you go that route and you're going to have to get super creative the rest of the way, and, and there's opportunities to do that. There's plenty of them, but yeah, that's especially cause they're buddies too. They're Americans. They're popular. Like that, that is absolutely going to be the, uh, the number one combo at the top. $9,300 former master's champion in 2018 won at Torrey pines earlier this season. As you mentioned before, he is sort of an outlier in his Masters win of both how he accomplished that in terms of the the metrics that you can look at actually on the course. And his lead-in form wasn't quite there, but that's kind of what Patrick Reed does. There is no real rhyme or reason to when he decides to show up and when he doesn't. But if he does show up and he's playing well, he's super live here. And what do you think would be in the head-to-head market if you had Spieth versus Reed? which is probably something that they're not going to give out considering Spieth is 11 to one and Reed yeah. is 35 to one. But what would you cap that at? Yeah. So Spieth was probably what he'd probably be like minus 175, which is kind of a huge number, right? And it's one, it's one that a book is not going to offer you. They want to get it closer to that. But yeah, I mean, you're right about Reed. There, there's no foreshadowing here. Even his victory at the farmers. I mean, he did it all around the greens and on the greens. He, he, he gains less than a stroke on approach. It's just not a formula uh, that tends to, to play well week in and week out, which is a little bit scary, but he still finds a way to get it done. I, I will just be crossing read off and if he pulls one of these weeks where he burns me with the putter or the short game magic or whatever it is uh i'll just chalk it up to patrick reed i still think i gotta keep him on the short list although there are guys right after him that i like a ton brooks kepka being primary on that list he's ninety two hundred dollars we have not seen him since he came in second at wgc workday my inside sources from the course tell me that he's playing he looks fine he's not limping and if that's the case and you can get a ninety two hundred dollar brooks yeah there's gonna be rust but this is someone who should be ten thousand five hundred dollars i already bet him at 32 to one he's still lingering at 28 to one he's someone who should be 14 to one if he's right now we don't know exactly if he's going to be right or not but i am willing to take this chance at ninety two hundred bucks I got a I got a report and a, a a look at Brooks on on Augusta National on Sunday, and I, I had a different takeaway, Pat. I thought he did look ginger. I thought the swing that I saw or the swings that I saw they looked a little labored. They looked a little difficult. That's just me. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe I'm interpreting it differently. Um, I think that in the same way that, that Jordan Spieth is only going to get my action in DFS. I think Brooks is only going to get my action on outright tickets. Like I don't really care if he finishes second or second to last, if I'm holding a, a Brooks outright, uh, putting him in a, a lineup at $9,200 with the range of outcomes that we could get from him is a little bit more scary for me. So uh, the reports are, he's going to play, you know, nine holes on Monday. He's going to play another nine on Tuesday and another nine on Wednesday. And that's going to be his, his lead up into, uh, into the 2021 masters. I agree with your sentiment that I think that he's a better outright bet than DraftKings play. I don't think that the issue with the DraftKings side of it is I don't think you have to play a lot of him. Like if you play 20 lineups and you have him, let's say in two of those 20 
or even three of those 20, I think you're going to be overweight to the field. I don't want to miss out on the fact that maybe he is okay. And if he is okay, he's so undervalued. If he ruins those three lineups, then he ruins those three lineups. Then I have to live with that. I think I am willing to risk it. And if I had some guts, I'd probably play him in like 90% of lineups. There is also like a 5% chance that Brooks is, uh, has been underselling this the whole time. Right. I mean, I know, I know he had a procedure done on the right knee. Brooks loves this stuff. He's tweeting out memes. He wants to fly in under the radar as, uh, as a guy at the masters. And then when he's the 54 hole leader and he wakes up Sunday morning, he's like, Oh, what did you guys forget about me? Like you knew I was going to be here. There's part of me that thinks there's like a small percentage that he's playing a bit of possum here, uh, with, with the extent of how bad that injury was. I'm even shocked. I'm, I'm stunned that 19 days removed, he's out there taking full swings at Augusta National. So he has already exceeded my expectations, uh, but I have no idea what to expect for him for the rest of the week. Yeah, three max, single entry, cash game, probably stay away. I do think that there's a unique build that you could do if you did want to inherit some of the chalk. Start your teams with speed, then just use Brooks. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. Um yeah, I could get behind that. It would certainly, it would certainly be unique, and it would be a way to get you off of uh, the ultra mega chalk that Spieth is going to be. Finau is next at ninety one hundred dollars. Um, I mean, there's so much difference sometimes between DraftKings pricing and the outright betting odds. I have no chance that I'm betting Finau at thirty to one, thirty five to one, whatever he's at. Not to say that he can't win, but that just seems like a ridiculous number to me. Ninety one hundred dollars on DraftKings, though. Feels like a really good price, but he's also a player who's completely out of form at the moment. Now, he's someone who's excelled at the Masters over the years. Not so much in November, but he did fine. Uh, He was not good at the match play. Obviously, he missed the cut at the Valero Texas Open. Uh, His best performances came earlier in the year, but he did have some of these peak performances. We saw him uh, at, what was it, Amex. We saw him at Riviera. Couldn't close, but hey, at $9,100, they're not asking you for him to close. They're asking you for him to come in fourth or something like that. And he most definitely could I just don't know if I can still squeeze out Tony. He's sort of like Xander to me where I just, I don't play him all that often and I really should because he's usually really good. I just have bad vibes around him this week. Yeah. If he's top five, Tony, uh, he probably pays for himself. Here's, here's my concern, Pat. He, he loses three strokes off the tee at the match play. Again, it's the match play. Take it for what it's worth. He loses another 4.2 off the tee at the Valero Texas open. That is his best weapon. Like it is usually a red flag. And we've seen this from Ricky Fowler's putter. We've seen this from other guys where it's like, if you lose your best aspect, it's really hard to find it again. And it's really hard to play well without it. And Tony is in the midst of a pretty poor stretch with that driver and is off the tee game. Uh, So for me, that's concerning. And then you combine that with the fact that uh, the putter, uh, he holds the putter like a crazy person. It's always scary to watch him putt. Augusta national has these nuances. Like I just, I don't think I can do it this week. I know he's got a couple of top tens here, but um, not, not with this form leading in. I don't think. Last guy in the $9,000, $9,000 flat is Webb Simpson, owner of three top 20s the past three years, two top 10s the past two years, and someone I really like this week. The firm and fast conditions are where I want Webb Simpson. The issue with Webb is that, like some of the guys that I do like, his path is so narrow to a victory. Now, I'm going to take that chance, although the form is not great for him at the moment. What I need Webb to do, here's his game plan for winning the Masters. One, it plays a bit more difficult than usual. The winning score is minus 10, minus 11, minus 12. Webb can go do that. I don't think that he's going to win this at minus 18. You need him to be slightly above average off the tee. 
It's basically the Tiger game plan. Slightly above average off the tee, amazing with his irons, good around the greens, and great with his putter. But that's actually something I know Webb Simpson can do. So I don't fear that we've seen a very sporadic Webb Simpson so far this season. Uh, He's still a top 10 player in the world. He has two top six finishes at events. He did almost win the WGC that Brooks and Morikawa played really well at. Had a very bad Sunday, but that was about it. I think I've seen enough glimpses from him that if it does play firm and fast, I do trust his around the green. I do trust his putting that he'll be able to keep himself around the lead. Then it's just one hot round. Let's go web. Uh, yeah, I'm a web troop. I'm a web truther uh, for sure. This, this is a situation where a couple of years ago uh, we would talk about, Hey, here are the three or four courses that are really good for web every year. Let's make sure we fire him up there. It's Wyndham. It's RBC heritage. It's those types of places. Uh, not anymore. The fact that he could even finish 10th at a, a November masters that was wet and no roll and nothing like that should have been the worst possible setup for him. The guy finds a top 10 and I know he's not in the most excellent form leading into this, but we've seen flat flashes and Webb puts it all together. He's got a great team out there with Paul Tesori on his bag. I mean, he is an absolute trooper. He's lost strokes. He has lost strokes to the field like once in the last, I don't know, 15 starts. He's just, he's just always there. It's just a different path, Pat. When they walk off the tee box, um, you know, through from fairway through green, Webb Simpson's one of the best players on tour. Tyrrell Hatton, still statistically, because he keeps like missing cuts, uh, does rate out really well by the metrics. Uh, He's never really had a lot of success at Augusta National, almost like Morikawa at $9,600. Very few people are going to play Hatton at $8,900. He, too, is still a top 10 player in the world, and he's one of these players that can kind of get it back at a moment's notice. And he looked great at the very beginning of the year when he was still in Europe. It has not translated so far in America. He keeps having really bad round ones. And his match play, I found ultra disappointing. I really thought he would get it together. A shorter course, a Pete Dye course, almost really highlights everything that he does well as a golfer. And he performed horribly the last time that we saw him. And it's been a while since we saw an elite Hatton performance. So I am going to be out. But if you have some stones, like we're looking at 4% ownership on Hatton. Yeah, I'm not sure I have those stones, and I love Hatton, but the, the thing that really uh, worries me is his record here at Augusta National. So last four years, he's got two missed cuts, a 44th and a 56th. That is troublesome, especially because Augusta National is a course where results are so consistent year over year. That experience that we've talked about, the nuances of the greens, you know, usually guys have either a really great track record or a really poor track record. And unfortunately for Hatton, he's on the poor side and we don't see a lot of like flip the switch and turn that around after four really subpar efforts at 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 this course. All right. He's a cross off. Lee Westwood is also a cross off for me at $8,800. Viewers of the Monday show will know that he is Andercursed along with John Rom and Daniel Berger, but it's just too high of a price for me uh, to pay for Lee Westwood, but I feel like I can get better players more down the list. This is probably his last good shot to win Augusta, and listen, if Lee Westwood wins, I'll be rooting for him. I like Lee Westwood a lot, but $8,800 seems too steep for me. However, like Hatton, you're going to get a big ownership discount if you want to go that route. I was shocked to see the $8,800 price tag. I thought $7,800 would have been, would have been a, a appealing and would have been a guy that I could have considered because what he's done at Augusta national, where he's just piled up top tens year over year. And of course he's been playing well recently he had those back-to-back runner up finishes. So I, uh, yeah, this is just too steep. There's just too many other guys that are world. Not that Westwood is not a world-class player, but there are legitimate world-class top 12 players in the world that we haven't even talked about yet. 
that I like even more. Well, let's get to one. Victor Hovland, $8,700. This is his third Masters, I believe. Played as an amateur. Played. No, mm-hmm. he did not qualify. It's his second Masters. He played as an amateur. Right. Did not play because he did not qualify last year for the November Masters. I like his skill set for Augusta National better than I like Morikawa's. I think just straight up, I like Hovland a little bit more, but I do worry about his lack of experience. And if he's not hitting every green in regulations, things might get tricky for him. Yeah, those, those collection areas, those closely mown areas around the greens for a guy who uh, is not a great short game player are terrifying. That worries me in a big way. Uh, I do like the idea of him just pounding fairways and pounding greens and not having to worry about that. But there's also this other issue, Pat, where, you know, he he hasn't played all that well. You know, he, uh, he, he finishes 49th at the API. He misses the cut at the players. I'm willing to give him a pass for that. There were so many missed cuts at the players' championship. Then it took him like 20, I don't know, 26 holes for him to win his first hole at the match play i mean it was a really ugly affair for him and and maybe we can throw out both the players and the match play we could say this is still the guy that you think he is i like like dustin johnson um i like don't love i'm not that excited but he's i'm certainly gonna have some level of exposure because of that raw talent when it comes to comp courses, the two that I keep throwing out are Riviera and Quail Hollow. And the only reason that I bring those ones up, I think that Riviera especially, unique green complexes, a lot of elevation change, and the way that you have to shape your shots out of the tee box, I think resemble Augusta National a lot. And the reason that I throw in Quail Hollow is because that's my biggest crossover course for Riviera. And just when you look at the leaderboards of those tournaments over the years, it's just so many similar names that you see at the top of the Augusta leaderboard that those would be mm-hmm. the two I would go with. Do you think I'm off base with that. No, and you could even throw in like the Australian narrative guys that play well at Riviera and uh, Augusta National. No, I think that's fair. I, I like the idea of there are there are a lot of courses where you you stand on the tee box and you just hit it straight where the markers are pointing you and that's that's where you play and it's very easy. Augusta National Riviera I think is the perfect example where you have to really think okay what is my shot shape here where am I going to land it where is it going to roll out to and what is that going to leave me is it going to give me a is it going to leave me a flat lie is it going to leave me the ball above my feet below my feet there's just a lot more thinking involved so that's the angle that I really like especially off the tee at both of those courses that you mentioned. Sung J.M. is $8,600. He was the low debutant at the November Masters. He was the runner-up, tied with Cam Smith at the November Masters. His game just perplexes me at the moment because he's been yep. amazing off the tee. He's making every single putt, but the irons in around the green game have been absolutely non-existent. That's what's going to take me off of Sung Jae here. Even though the price is really good, his form is like, all right, but... He's weirdly one of those players that can get everything going all at the same time. He becomes super dangerous. Like if he showed up to Augusta and all of a sudden he lost three strokes off the tee, but gained nine with his irons, I wouldn't be super stunned because that's what he does. It's it's weird. He's doing it. He's doing it the wrong way, but he's doing it. Eight straight events that he's gained strokes uh, putting. He's been phenomenal off the tee. I too am worried about that approach game, especially because there are... Uh, I guess the best way to describe this at Augusta National is there's like kind of quadrants of on these greens where they can kind of stick these pins. And if you are just a little bit off or you play to the wrong quadrants, you, you know, if you hit it 12 feet right uh, instead of 10 feet right of the hole, it is now going to roll down and it's going to be a 25 foot putt. So I do think that if you are just a little bit off with where you landed or where you get your ball to stop, it really is magnified here. It's no longer just a 15 foot putt. Now it's a 25 foot putt. Uh, So that would be worrisome for me. and, And he is not struck the ball well recently and and for that reason uh, i have to be out on sung jay 
Chalk Alert coming up at $8,500. Daniel, those suitcases even ours. You found it at the airport. We're bringing it to Aspen. How's your burger? Comes in. People love Daniel Berger this week. Did not get to play in the November Masters, and a lot of people were mad about that. But as a debutante, he finished inside the top 10. He's three for three in cuts made, playing some great golf, already with a win at Pebble Beach so far this year. Almost like Cantlay has that sort of complete game that you're looking for. But is he significantly better than the other options in this range that would make you want to eat that chalk? He is definitely better, significantly probably not. I I will say this. His blueprint is kind of different than a lot of these guys because he gained strokes in all four categories. He was actually laying the blueprint. uh, When when did I really want to play him? I guess it was Honda. I really wanted to be in on Daniel Berger. He ends up withdrawing from that event because he was laying the foundation from what he did at the Players' Championship. And then he played okay at the match play, failed to make it out of his group, but he he wasn't bad. So uh, I think that Berger, who was the snub from, uh, from November, sets up well but if we start getting into that 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 super high ownership there are some guys in this eighty eight thousand dollar range that i'm happy to play over burger and, and go back to burger in a week where he's much less owned scheffler is eighty four hundred dollars lost in the finals of the match play to billy ho two weeks ago had two really good rounds at valero and two really bad rounds at valero it seems like he might be exhausted he should be. He has played so much. I don't care how young he is. I don't care anything like that. It is uh, seven rounds in five days at the match play. Backs it up immediately uh, with four rounds at the Valspar. And oh, by the way, Augusta National is one of the most grueling walks that you can get on the PGA Tour. And I know someone's going to be like, guys, it's golf. They're walking. It's not even a real sport. I get it. But this is it is a grueling walk. We hear it all the time. Scheffler, uh, to me, appears gassed. And I worry about that, obviously. He's a nice pivot, though, because the narrative is that he's gassed, although he performed pretty well at the November Masters, finished inside the top 20 in his first Masters. And I think on paper, there's a few guys like this. He does seem like he sets up really well for this course. Oh, for sure. I, I think that uh, on paper, course fit is is very strong for is very strong for Scotty. I think he still has the the work to do. I think he's going to be one of these guys that we see. Okay, you know, nineteenth in in twenty twenty. I don't know if it's this year, but I think he's it might be another top twenty five. Then you're going to see him improve his results, and then he's going to start to contend legitimately in these in these things. This is only his second trip, and uh, it usually doesn't happen overnight when you get to the Masters. $8,300, one of the most confusing players on the board is Hideki Matsuyama. He has been awful with his driver so far in 2021. He's lost strokes off the tee in four or five starts. However, buried in these bad results and the bad driving and the bad putting is someone whose irons are really good and have been really good for like two months now. He figured it out. There was a stretch at the very start of 2021 where he could not hit his irons. He's now gained uh, at least two strokes on approach in five consecutive events. That is stellar. The putter isn't as bad as it usually is, but of course he's lost the driver, which is now the one thing that we're worried about. It is a big game, a, a giant game of whack-a-mole for Hideki uh he comes in at a price that is it's it's not bad $8,300 I could I could do it I don't know what his actual win equity is in this event but I think that his like top 10 equity uh is certainly sizable but it is going to be a frustrating watch if you plug him in a lineup uh don't check to see how he's doing it's gonna be it's gonna be terrifying and he'll come in probably about half the ownership of someone like Daniel Berger I'm thinking like 9 10 11 percent in the millionaire maker lower than the next guy on the list Cameron Smith $8,200 
along with Rory and DJ, one of three players with two top fives the last three years at Augusta. He's played well in April. He's played well in November. He is not playing well coming into this event, though. No, he's not. And that's that that along with the fact that he's very reliant on the putter still is is troublesome. Also, people are going to look at that run. I mean, the 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 last year is almost um, simultaneously going to drive more decisions uh, than it should because you've got guys who, oh, I remember this. This was only five months ago. Sung Jay finished second. Cam Smith finished second. Uh, I'll just throw those guys back in. We might get a completely different style of golf at Augusta National this time around and with his form and reliance on the putter, Cam Smith is, is super scary for me. He did lose strokes off the tee in six of seven events leading into last year's Masters, and obviously he came in second place. There's a creativity to his game that I think that works really well at Augusta, and that was hyper-focused in November when he was behind trees, the way that he's able to shape those wedges, almost like Bubba-esque in order to get it done. I I do worry about all the same things that you do, although he played well at Genesis, he played well at WGC Mexico, he was top 20 at the players despite driving the ball very, very poorly. When you kind of look at how he plays on longer courses, that's actually when his driver gets a little bit better. So I'm still torn. I know that he's going to be popular, but I do like him at the same time. He played well. Don't don't quote me on this. I might butcher this, but uh, the President's Cup was played at Royal Melbourne, which was, I believe, also an Alistair McKenzie design. And when we played there, there was a lot of crossovers to Augusta National. Now, I'd want to go back and check Cam Smith's results and, wa- and rewatch the tape, but there are a lot of crossovers, I believe, between those two courses. Just a quick heads up, if you're interested in MLB, FTNDaily.com has its annual package out right now. It's all the content, all the picks, all the cheat sheets, all that stuff. But included in the annual package are all the tools and the optimizer. And the price is going to be 250 bucks per year, but you use code MAYO right now. You get 20% off until Thursday to drop it down to $200 for the entire baseball season. That's like 30 bucks a month, and it's well worth it because you get that optimizer as a part of the deal. So ftndaily.com right now. Use code MAYO at checkout. Get that 20 percent off okay back to the show matthew fitzpatrick is eighty one hundred dollars the sneaky thing with matthew fitzpatrick is despite being a short-ish hitter plays his best golf at super long courses as we've seen over time you want to make it firm and fast good that's good for matthew fitzpatrick at least in my mind there's going to be wind gusts out of nowhere that we can't predict fine you want a guy who can like tailor himself to the elements that's matthew fitzpatrick I love him at $8,100, and the fact that he has gotten so much better off the tee is kind of terrifying in this, because you just need to have, like, three or four rounds with that, like, general electric up and down, making 15-foot putts from everywhere Matthew Fitzpatrick game, but the fact that he's added distance and he's actually gaining against the big boys at big boy courses off the tee, and let's not forget, he won the European Tour Championship at the end of last year. It's not like he's without wins. He's just without wins in 2021, but when you look at his results since he's come to America, they've all actually been amazing. The artist formerly known as Matthew, he's rebranded Pat. He's now Matt Fitzpatrick, which means he's taking things seriously. He's ready to rock and roll. I, I, you couldn't have said it better. I, I am so thrilled with what he has done. I think it is incredibly impressive that he has turned himself in uh, from a, a, a short game specialist to a guy who can do it in all situations. You look at his results, a fifth place finish at Riviera, top tens at uh, the WGC workday, at API, at the players. This you, you nailed it. I could not love Matt Fitzpatrick anymore. Anymore. Do we worry that his irons suck now that he figured out his driving? 
Uh, it's just whack-a-mole. No, I mean, he's only got to do it for four days. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, put it this way. I'd rather him have the crappy irons, but you know, make all those 20-foot putts. <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. I, and he's this. I I'm so thrilled when I saw eighty one hundred dollars. I imagine he's going to be popular, but it is it is well deserved. He's playing awesome right now. I don't know how popular he's going to be because Berger's going to draw a lot of interest, and so is Cam Smith. I would project both of them to be higher owned than Matthew Fitzpatrick, unless there's a real groundswell of people talking about him. I wrote him up, and no one listens to me, so that's probably good news for his ownership stake. And then when you drop into the, like these this upper seven level, like it feels like almost everyone is going to have two of the six guys that are in that range. So it might squeeze a little bit more out of Matthew Fitzpatrick than I think that you're projecting right now. Like I'm thinking like 11, 12% on his ownership. I would love that. That would be, that would be awesome. And I would be uh, significantly overweight on, on Mr. Fitzpatrick. Or you can just take the guy right below him at $8,000, Tommy Fleetwood, who's guaranteed to be half of that. I don't know what to do with Tommy anymore. I mean, he he's he finds ways to. I mean, he played well at the match play, right? He gets to the elite eight before getting bounced. He misses the cut at the players, but he finished tenth at the API. He's he is back with the irons, baby. He's looking good, no problems there. Of course, the driver is gone, and the putter has always been his big bugaboo over here on the PGA Tour. Um, I. I'm I'm torn. Uh, I think there are other other great options here with with Fitzpatrick at 8100 with the guys below him. So Tommy's certainly, um, you know, he's not getting a gold star or anything on, on my list. He doesn't really draw my interest, but if I was to play one of those super chalky lineups like Dust or Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Tommy's actually a very logical third man into those rosters because that gives you the ownership break that you would need to get off the two most popular guys. Yeah, and and that's the smart way to do this, right? Understanding who your first couple of guys are and where you need to pivot. And if you if we're splitting hairs between say Tommy Fleetwood and Sergio Garcia or Tommy Fleetwood and Matt Fitzpatrick, and you've got a hundred dollars to spare or whatever, uh, taking the guy that's going to make you unique or to get you to a path to have a a a lower aggregate uh, ownership is is certainly the is certainly the play. Now we're into this range. Sergio Garcia, $7,900, former Masters champion. Since that Masters victory has not made the cut at Augusta National. Missed November because of a positive COVID test. And he has been horrendous in majors since he won the Masters. But he did win the Sanderson Farms during the swing season. And if you look at his like ball striking numbers from January to now, they're one of the best on tour. It certainly is. From T to green, there are no problems. There are no qualms. It is when uh, Sergio Garcia gets a flat stick in his hands that things go super sideways. We are now at a stretch of golf where he's lost strokes putting in seven consecutive events. He gained just a hair uh, over one at the CJ Cup. His victory at the Sanderson Farms, he gained 2.8. That That's the path to victory for, for Sergio Garcia. Gained two strokes putting over the course of the week, and you are probably going to be at the top of the leaderboard. How like Have we seen his ceiling does that ceiling come around once every 18 months does it come around once every 30 months um i i continue to remain concerned about sergio despite how great his ball striking has been his path is very similar to justin thomas's path it feels thomas is obviously better and when he actually does pot well it's really good and we rarely see that from sergio you're just praying that he doesn't lose five strokes like it's almost like the Keegan Bradley's even like the worst version of this. But if you can get like a stroke gain putting from Sergio this week, you're looking really good. 
Oh, well, yeah, that would be like a 90th percentile uh, performance to gain one stroke putting for Sergio. Completely agree. Anything close to zero, even lose one stroke. If he loses one stroke, he probably finishes inside the top 15. If he gains one, he might win the golf tournament. It's it, it's it's super it's super crazy how great the rest of his game is and how poor he is when he steps on the green. $7,800, a player that I have interest in, is Bubba Watson. Maybe more so in the betting market than on DraftKings. I can't figure that part out yet, and here is why. He is not playing well entering Augusta. That's never great. He has won here twice, which everyone's going to know. It, it benefits lefties, too. I was actually really encouraged about his battle at the match play, escaping the group stage, because that's, of course, where he historically plays really well. And the fact that he showed up there and played well was very encouraging to me that he can do that at other places where Bubba plays well. Does that make any sense to you? It, it, it does. I wish, not that I wish the Masters was in, I call it February, but I wish uh, Bubba was in the form that he was in in February, where he was just lights out from tee to green. His irons were awesome. He seems to have lost that, lost strokes on approach at the Genesis and the workday and the players. And if you believe the numbers at the match play, he lost them there too. I will say to his credit, uh, Bubba, when, when engaged, Bubba is an absolute grinder. When he's not engaged, he punts the entire tournament away. So I don't know what you're going to get, but he ran into a buzzsaw that was Brian Harmon, or else we would be talking about uh, potentially Bubba Watson making another even deeper run at the match play. And we might have a different sentiment about him if Brian Harmon doesn't rattle off seven birdies in a row. His ownership is coming in super depressed because he is the sandwich price guy of all of these popular options around him. I thought he would most definitely crack double digits, but he's looking at like five, six, seven percent. That's a gamble I'm willing to take. He'll make my player pool. Uh, I, I like him more than I like uh, Sergio. I don't know why. I don't know if I should. I, it just feels a little bit different. And uh, I hope I get engaged, Bubba, because that is uh, that's the best version of him. Chalk alert number two. We mentioned Daniel Berger. We mentioned Jordan Spieth. We mentioned Justin Thomas as the highest projected owned players. There is a chance that the number two most popular player after Jordan Spieth could be Paul Casey at $7,700. Nothing on paper would steer you away from him. He is playing excellent golf at the moment. He has played very good golf at the Masters in the past. How often does chalk Paul Casey work out, though, Rick? <laughs> uh i guess historically the answer is never but i guess i'm i'm gonna be one of these chalk guys who goes back to it again listen we we talked about it before with patrick Cantlay. those those 90 days leading in in terms of strokes gain t to green are critically important uh, and the three guys or the four guys that stand up there are really like Cantlay, it's spieth it's morikawa and it's paul casey and that doesn't even include pat his victory on the european tour so his, his strokes gain numbers uh would actually likely be better Better than this. So by all accounts, uh, he's absolutely rocking and rolling. He's going to rely on the, uh, he's going to have to lean on the putter to be a zero putter. Uh, that would be excellent for Paul Casey. But yeah, this is, um, this is great. Three top tens in his last six trips to Augusta national. There's a reason he's chalk. Yeah. The other guy who we don't mention in the TD green category, I'm looking at per round, not just over the uh, overall aggregate. Matt Wallace actually ranks out second for me, TD green and all the weighted events so far. Now he doesn't have the rounds as other people have, but that really surprised me. Yeah, and he's, you know, he didn't play as well on Sunday at the Valera as I would have liked to have seen. On Saturday, he played much better as he was kind of dueling with Jordan Spieth there down the stretch. He's got that grinder's mentality as well. He's not going to go away. He's not going to roll over. Uh, hits hits the irons well. He can be a flusher, which is uh, critically important when you get down to Georgia. 
Adam Scott, $7,600, found the driver a little bit at the Honda Classic, a place where he had won before, but the driver's been a real problem, and frankly, outside of the Honda, has not looked great so far in 2021. The, no, he hasn't. The I don't know if this is good or bad, but his uh, seven strokes that he gained on approach at the Honda Classic, that was his best approach week since... June of 2019. I mean, it's been a while. So you could say that was either a ceiling. We're not going to get it again or okay. He found something. Maybe he's 80% of that 85% of that this week. Uh, I find him very difficult to, to, to roster or bet on because he's going to make a bunch of cuts. He hasn't missed one since um, the API in 2020. So over a year ago, and a lot of his finishes are just like 25th to 35th. I don't know what his upside is anymore, which if you're trying to win the million bucks, uh, I think you're going to need some guys with higher upside i don't know if i'm going to get there but i'd rather have jason day who's 100 cheaper at 7500 who's kind of the inverse of adam scott like when adam scott was in contention at the farmers a lot of it had to do that he was putting really well it's like man, adam scott's putting really well and he's been pretty good with the putter shockingly enough not something you'd expect jason day has been the complete opposite the guy can't putt anymore which is mind-blowing but his td green numbers are like kind of good the putting thing is the golf is so weird. Can we just like golf is so weird. 7.7 strokes lost putting at the players championship, two and a half shots worse than any other event in the last six years for Jason day. It's been absolutely brutal. What I like, especially I, I like the, the contrast to Adam Scott here, at least Jason day, he's going to miss way more cuts, but he, when, when he plays well, he pops right top 10 at the, at the AT&T uh, Pebble beach, a, a 12th place finish at the RSM classic, a seventh at the Houston open. That is more, top tens uh in those last eight nine ten events alone than adam scott's had in over a year i can't figure out what to do with him my my source at the course tells me that day is out practicing he doesn't even have a driver in his hand he has no irons in his hand he is working on short game and putting and that is it that's probably smart. Honestly, at this point, if you're, he's coming off of, uh, pr- without looking it up, I imagine it is the two back to back consecutive worst putting events of his career. I, I'd have to go look that up to confirm, but that's probably a pretty good guess. So maybe you should just walk around. It's like when a, when a running back walks around all week with a football in his hand, goes to every meeting and everybody tries to punch it out because he's fumbling too much. Just walk around with a putter, put it in your bed, make some more putts, win the, win the masters. What, what did you have Matt for match play in terms of putting? I had him at, uh, he lost 1.78 strokes putting over his three matches at the match play. Okay, so his minus 7.7 at the players was the worst of his career. The minus 5.2 in Phoenix was the fourth worst in his career. His other two ones, Sony and Transitions, both happened in 2010. Yeah, it's historically bad putting right now for Jason Day. So maybe he's smart to just walk around with the flat stick. Louis Oosthuizen is $7,500 along with Jason Day. He's garnering a bit of interest here. Uh, like Day, he is always you know first up to withdraw out of nowhere because that's what Louis is going to do. We know how well he's played at Augusta over the years. Is he going to get you across the finish line? Probably not, but you don't need him to at $7,500. I like Louis. I just never seem to get there with him at Augusta. And if he's going to be like relatively popular, not like chalk popular, but popular, it's probably a good enough reason to find someone else for me. 
Yeah, I, I get him wrong all the time. Uh, and he is, uh, to his credit, one of the best putters on the PGA Tour right now. He's been absolutely scorching, which to me is almost an, a negative because if he does not continue to gain somewhere between four and six strokes putting over the course of the week, uh, he might not contend. You know, you look at what he did at the workday. He gains four and a half strokes putting. That's a ton. He finishes sixth. He gains seventh at the Farmers, finishes 29th. If you gain seven strokes putting, uh, you better win the golf tournament. So I, I worry that the path for Louis is is incredibly small and reliant on the putter, which is scary. All right, let's go rapid fire for the rest of these guys. Joaquin Neiman, $7,400, played it as an amateur, did not play in November because of COVID positive test. I like what his game presents going forward for Augusta. I don't know if I like him right now, though. I think it's too soon. The model loves him because he's longer than you would think off the tee. He makes a lot of birdies. He can get hot at times. I'm w- probably warmer on Neiman than you are, but I don't love it. Uh, he kind of strikes me the same thing as Hovland, another guy that we'll get to a little bit later. So there's one of two ways that this goes. He, like Vic, that if he just hits all the greens in regulation, which is a part of his game when he's running really well, he's going to do fine at Augusta. Like he's such a premium ball striker. That's very hard to find in a field like this. The putting can come and go. He does generally putt better, a little bit better on bent. Plays hard courses really well, so if it plays a bit tougher, that's always good news for him. It's the around the green game that it can go so bad so quickly that he could bleed a lot of shots there. And he's not familiar with these green complexes. Uh, those are all the negatives. Those all certainly outweigh uh, the the positives for me. That's why I'm kind of like wishy washy. Those collection areas are no joke. You could you could spend a couple of strokes there and play yourself out of this thing on a Friday pretty quickly. Answer is seventy four hundred dollars. I've been riding him to find a win here recently. Obviously, he has not won, but he's been playing some pretty good golf. Was in contention all the way up until Sunday in the November Masters. Don't really know what to make of him. He's shorter than I would like, and the irons haven't been quite as good as I would want coming into it. But I do think that he's very well-rounded, which goes a long way, almost like Webb, like Fitzpatrick, like Spieth, where he can do enough positives that it kind of outweighs the deficiencies that he might have on paper. Yeah, and he's been a lot better from tee to green. He had lost strokes uh, putting in six in a row before the Valero Texas Open, so hopefully he can continue that trend into Augusta National this week. He gets a little bit of that Royal Melbourne crossover, if you believe there is a crossover there. He played well before he ran into Tiger Woods in Sunday singles at the President's Cup. And and answer, yes, not long off the tee, hits a ton of fairways, and he's a grinder, man. This kid, uh, like no joke, wants to go out there and compete. He has shown up in big-time events before. Will Zalatoris, a debutant, the first of the three professional debutants that we will be talking about is $7,300. I think he has the perfect game for this place. I just do not trust him to make any putts. I have crossed him off my list and I had a tear in my eye as I did it. I love Will Zalatoris in every possible way. The courses that he has had success on are more diverse than ever. I mean, you talk about top tens at winged foot and then he goes to, you know, Punta Cana and he plays well at Torrey. I mean, you could just any course in the world you put him on there. I think he's going to contend. I'm really worried about the lack of experience at, at Augusta national. If he, if he somehow finishes in the top 10 or top 15, uh, he has answered every single question and he really, is the star in the making that I think he is. I'm just, I'm I'm worried about the experience, Pat. I'm not worried about the experience as it pertains to DraftKings because, you know, debutants finish inside the top 10 all the time. Like, I don't think he's going to win, so I'm not going to bet him to win outright, but it is a very nice price for this high skill of a player. And like Neiman, for example, I would expect him to outscore his finishing position if he does make the cut. 
That is all completely fair. I you do not need to uh, talk me into Will Zalatoris all that much. I I agree with you. He's a um a, unbelievable talent. I hope he I hope he makes a ton of noise this week. Harris English is. $7,300, one of the few players with a win on the PGA Tour so far this season. He had the complete game that would actually make him a challenger for Augusta two months ago, but he's been terrible ever since. Since the win. It's the it's the curse of the win. You know, you get your, your card extended, you get the new money in the bank account, and uh, a lot of guys have done this where he just has not been able to put it together since, unfortunately, because if you look back at 2020, uh, it, it is no exaggeration to say that Harris English was like a top 10 player. I mean, he, in terms of strokes gained total in 2020, he was absolutely phenomenal, and that led into the win at the Tournament of Champions, but he is... Uh, I would say lost right now. Just a lot of uh, subpar performances, and you can't be a little bit off at Augusta National. You're gonna you're gonna pay for that. I had the WD at the Players Championship was not great at the match play, but did gain uh, in all three tee to green categories at API his last full event. So that's not nothing. There's one of these guys in the low sevens that you're gonna need to have on your roster because they're just gonna come like T eight, and no one's gonna own them. He is a candidate to be one of those guys because no one's going to own him. Uh, for sure. Whatever. If you're a, if you're a Harris English backer, you want to be overweight on him. It's not going to take too much. Next one is Justin Rose. He of the immaculate Augusta national history. He is $7,200. We have not seen him since the third round of the API right before Jordan Spieth made his hole in one actually right after then he hooked three into the water. We haven't seen him since. I have no idea where the back is at. It looks like he's going to play. I think I might take a chance on rose no one else is really doing it that i don't know if fred couples and his back problems can finish inside the top 20 here it's 57 years old why can't justin rose that's kind of where i'm at if i have to draw a line in the sand in a a low seven thousand dollar guy i want one with at least really good long-term form. And I got, I got to probably go back two years, two and a half years to tap into that form. But you look at, you know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to write off Zalatoris for lack of experience, I've got to boost Justin Rose for the, the plethora of experience and the tons of great finishes. He lost to Sergio Garcia in a playoff in 2017. This is a guy who has had plenty of success at Augusta national. I imagine that if he is playing and he is there and he's had a couple of, of weeks off uh, the back is as right as it's going to be. So this, this would be the low, own flyer i'd like to take out of this range billy horschel is not garnering the sort of buzz that i thought that he would although he won a wgc and then finished in the top 10 at another wgc over the past six weeks uh he's a very cheap price in the masters DraftKings board he doesn't have a great masters history but it's not bad at the same time either i just don't know what to make of him no, and the metrics don't help uh, make the, the 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 vision or the picture any more clear either because he loses a ton of strokes on approach at the Players' Championship. He finished 58th there. Uh, it's kind of been on and off with his irons over the course of the past eight weeks or so. When Billy is on, he's very good. Uh, when he's off, he's very bad. And there is, unfortunately, little foreshadowing that he does, which is just super risky for me. There's there's other great options here. I tip my cap to Billy Horschel for winning the, the match play and playing great but um i i I will not have exposure to him at at the masters the wolfman made his return at the match play and almost snuck through the group stage Mm -hmm. he's 7100 dollars his game is so up and down but if you like bryson you can almost have to like matthew wolf because they tend to mirror each other in a lot of ways uh, but just at a much deeper and cheaper price 
In the match play strokes gain metrics for Matthew Wolf, I was only following Shot Tracker and seeing what he was doing. His driving had been in the tank before he took time off, withdrawing from concession and returning, but it didn't seem like he really sorted out much of his driving problems at the match play either. He lost 3.1 strokes off the tee in three rounds at the match play. So now over his last three measured events, my quick math says he's lost about 15 strokes off the tee. This is uh, the big thing again, Pat. When you lose your best weapon, it is a huge red flag. I agree on paper that this should be a great spot for him as it is for Bryson DeChambeau, but uh, he does not have the weapon that is required around Augusta National right now. So cross off for Wolf, that makes me sad because he has two top fives in majors, the past three majors, so that's always nice. The one where he didn't do so well, the Masters in November. Mm-hmm. Max Homa is $7,100. I'm not alone in this, but I love Max Homa this week. I think that he is underpriced at $7,100. He has a win at both of the comp courses. He has not played as well since said win, but if you just look at the overall scope of his game so far in 2021, he hits it a ton. His irons can get super hot, and he putts well on really fast greens, and that's what these are. He got a sense of what the Masters is like in November. That was his first start uh, at Augusta National, I believe, for Max Homa. Yep. And I don't, I just think at $7,100, he actually possesses, I don't want to say winning upside, but top 10 upside for sure. Yeah, I think that's fair. And uh, he has gained strokes on approach in, what is that? Six of his last nine. I would argue that after his win, uh, he actually played better than I thought. He finished 22nd at the workday, finished 10th at the API. Remember, that was a stretch of golf. He played like seven or eight weeks in a row because he got thrust into, uh, you know, he wins and then he gets thrust into a a WGC event and he's not going to skip. He's not going to skip out on the API or he's not going to skip the players. And it just ended up being a lot of golf for him. Now with a little bit of time to uh, catch his breath, I think that Max Homa is in a much better spot now. I agree. That's a good buy spot. Uh, He's looking like he's going to project for double digit ownership. That'd be the only drawback. I don't really care because there's another guy down here who's going going to suck up all of the ownership so everyone else will probably be relatively flat after that victor perez is next at seven thousand dollars little dick vic or maybe big dick vic based on his recent results but really well with the players had a top four finish losing to he lost to kutcher in the match play right in the semi in the third place game yeah, in the consolation game, right? So he finished fourth, right? So, so a fourth and a ninth in his past two starts. We've seen him win overseas. He's a very good player, uh, can be very solid to green. We just never really saw it over in America at all, but it seems like he's starting to figure it out a little bit. He made the cut in his first ever Masters. I, I don't know if I'm going to get there on Vic, but he's very intriguing to me. I agree. Intriguing is a good word. He is uh, now three events in a row gaining on approach. Those are three PGA tour events. It's a very small sample size that we have on him in terms of shot link data. My concern is the around the green game. Uh, he, he, he loses again, take it for what it's worth. It's the match play data. They don't play all the holes, all that good stuff, but he loses five strokes around the greens at the, at the match play he loses 6.6 around the greens at the API and another three and a half at the workday. So if he is not pounding greens, uh, I think he's in big trouble that's kind of the bet that you're making if you're rostering victor press molinari is also seven thousand dollars return returns to the scene of the crime which apparently derailed his career when he was yeah. leading the masters with finau playing with tiger and then it all just went up in smoke is this a spot where he can get it back together because he missed the cut at api people liked him there whatever at the players he actually struck it really well and couldn't chip mm-hmm. and couldn't putt Chipping is not usually a problem for Francesco Molinari. It's usually the putting. And when we think of not necessarily peak Molinari, but average Molinari, does he have your interest at all at 7,000? 
Uh, a little bit, yeah. I- I'm willing to forgive a lot of what uh, Molinari has done over the past couple of weeks. You know, he loses five strokes on approach at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. It was his second worst event uh, dating back to-, to 2015. So you could say that's an outlier. That's probably not going to happen again. He plays well at the API or at least hits it well at, or I'm sorry, at the Players' Championship and misses the cut. I'm I- I'm willing to forgive a lot of guys who missed the cut at the Players' Championship. This is obviously a good course for him. He has contended he should have won this event. Uh, but I- I'm 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 willing to buy back in on a guy who started off 2021 uh, really well. Yeah, I am too. And the eighth, the Genesis is really nice. What I like, that's sort of the game plan that I want to see. Gained in all four uh, metrics, strokes gained metrics, and that's what he's going to have to do this week. And obviously he's comfortable at Augusta. Hopefully he's not too rattled by number 12, but maybe <laughs> Spieth can get over that too and not dunk one into the water this year. Lowry, $7,000. Uh, he putted the lights out at the players and then everyone was kind of on him he played okay at the honda but that was kind of it and i don't know i'm just i'm never one for lowry he screwed my to make the cut parlay two years ago and i've never forgiven him here I, I never really get on Lowry either. You know, if he, if he finishes second at the open championship, nobody ever talks about him, but because he's, uh, I guess still technically the reigning golfer champion golfer of the year, we talk about him, but, uh, I agree. The metrics are getting better, but not good enough to make me want to be an investor in Shane Lowry. The final chalk alert of the masters, Corey Connors, 69, nice hundred bucks. The Canadian. I actually got a targeted ad because I'm in Canada for golf.tv, and he is the cover guy on it. He's ahead of Dustin Johnson. The three golfers they showed me were Corey Connors, Dustin Johnson, and Adam Hadwin. I don't know if that's going to be a great sell here, but for good reason, everyone's going to be in on Corey Connors. Yeah, but yeah, Corey Connors is a great ball striker. Sure, and, How, and and he's actually putted really well over the past right. three events. I uh, don't know if that can sustain itself, but who knows. But if he misses a green, it's a bogey. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, you could you could make the case that Corey Connors is a slightly worse version of Paul Casey, right? I mean, they're both going to do exactly the same things. They're both going to be great off the tee. They're both going to be great on approach. And then as they get closer to the green, your hands start to shake a little bit. And you start to get nervous about what's going to happen. Uh, he is rightfully going to be popular. This price is kind of a joke for a guy who's played as well as Corey Connors has. And he finished 10th uh, in the November version of this master. So uh, rightfully so, uh, the chalk will come in on Corey Connors. I don't know if that number is going to settle in at pat but uh it's gonna be high if we had to project it right now do you think he's over under 20 percent? because i say he's over i think he's over too i I would think it's closer to about 25 percent. now if you want to play connors i can't begrudge you because everything does point in his favor i would say that the firmer faster conditions work as a disadvantage to him versus the november conditions which i think that ball strikers really rose to the top in that circumstance when you can get your ball to stick it's not going to bounce and then you do have to get it up and down I think that there's enough holes in his game that I can convince myself into a full fade. Well, yeah, I mean, there's just a chance that he loses three strokes around the green and one and a half putting and he's gone on Friday or yeah. he just finishes 55th or whatever, right? There's, there's, we talk about paths to victory. There are also clear paths for Corey Connors uh, to miss the cut. Uh, even though he's playing so well, you have just a couple, a couple things go wrong. He's, he's, he's out of this thing. And one of the main reasons that I don't want to do it, there are other guys down the list that I like a lot. One primarily at the exact same price, Jason Kokrak is playing great right now. 
he's phenomenal. Top 10 at the WGC, top 10 at the API, top 10 at the Players' Championship. He kind of came up short at the match play, but again, it's the match play. We can throw a lot of that stuff out. Uh, Jason Kokrak in the midst of a stretch of golf that is probably one of the better stretches for him. You know, he goes back to uh, this win at the CJ Cup, which quite frankly, I don't know if people care about this or not but like those like cj cup and zozo 78 player fields with the top uh, golfers in the official world golf rankings very very similar to the fields that we are going to get this week of 88 golfers a lot of them are past champions a lot of them get in uh for different types of statuses like i i, I kind of look at those fields and i say okay coke Co- rack found his way to the top of it i don't think he's going to win the masters but i think he can make noise the biggest difference between Kokrak and Connors coming into this week, obviously Connors has had more success at Augusta. Kokrak has played it once. That was November. He missed the cut. The biggest difference would be, except for the ownership, where Kokrak is going to be like one-third of the ownership or probably even less than Corey Connors, is his outlierness both on and around the greens. The ball striking is pretty comparable between the two of them. They're both good off the tee. Obviously, Kokrak has a length advantage. Connors has an accuracy advantage. Connors is more consistent with the irons, but Kokrak has also been very good with the irons as well. Very high ball flight good for very firm greens. But if you look at his splits, both putting and chipping, his chipping is like minus four around the greens or plus four around the greens. On on the greens, plus three, plus four and a half, plus eight and a half, 10.3 when he won Zozo, 6.4 at the US Open, five at the Zozo, or minus 1.8, minus two, minus eight. He's actually become a much better putter. But when the putting does come, it comes in bunches almost like the around the green there are paths just like connor's for him to have one bad round and he misses the cut but i do think that his path to a higher upside is actually maybe even more than Corey connor's when you were reading off those results and describing how volatile they were, I was loving that, right? That that's what I want from my guy at $6,900. Like either, either miss the cut and don't make me sweat the weekend or go out and compete in this thing. And if he can put it all together, if he can get one of those ceiling weeks or ceiling rounds at a time, uh, it's super special stuff. So I I'd much prefer a volatile guy down here than someone who's much safer. Leishman is also $6,900. I have a soft spot for leashes pieces. He's played well at Augusta over the years, even who wasn't playing well going into last November, still ended up on you know, top 20 on the leaderboard. The ball striking has been inconsistent, but good for him so far. I'll bet him first round leader, maybe as a contrarian play, but I don't know if I'm there on Leishman. Yeah, I crossed him off as well. I, I I probably won't have any exposure to him. He's he's gotten better off the tee recently, but he's been he's sprayed it for you know 12, 12 weeks before that. Uh, the putter got hot at times. That's cooled off a little bit. I'm worried about that. I just think the the path for victory, the path to contention uh, for Leishman is 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 fairly narrow. I'm I'm out. Brian Harmon, he's a lefty. You gotta like that. Been playing super good golf. That's how we got into the Masters. He's a cross off on my list, though. I'm not gonna get there. Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm probably uh, more warm on him then because, you know, he, he goes nuclear on Bubba. As we mentioned, seven straight birdie steals that match from him. He loses in the elite eight, the match play. But before that, he finished third at the players championship and he's only missed one cut in his last 20 starts. I'm uh, as much as I love the volatility of guys down here, you could argue that a Harmon is probably a safer option. I don't know what his actual upside is here, Pat, but uh, he's sh- very incredibly likely to to make the weekend and finish probably inside the top 40. I can see that, but a T39 doesn't really do me any good on my DraftKings lineup when such a high percentage of players are going to make the cut. 
That's it's certainly a valid point. That's why I like the guys who are a bit more volatile down here. Um, like the, like the Corey, maybe, you know, Jason Kokrak was the perfect example, uh, because T39 might not be worth it. Uh, I do have, let's see here, very few people on 9% for Herman at the moment. Kucher, I have projected 7%, but I bet you that's going to be higher once the public gets their dirty mitts on Matt Kucher. Yeah, that's right. Popular American who a lot of people will just click the game logs and say, wow, okay, played well at Valero, played well at the match play. Um, those are by far his best results in a long time. Uh, Kucher for for probably two years ran well over expectation in terms of, of actually winning golf tournaments. And uh, I think we are now seeing that regression. Uh, I, I would be hard pressed to think that Kucher finds a way to get on the first page of the leaderboard this week. For me, Herman's a cross-off, Kucher's a cross-off, Poulter is also a cross-off at 6,800. Match play is one thing. He's been god-awful everywhere else. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else to say. You're going to rely on him getting absolutely scorching hot with the putter, which he does a couple of times a year, but uh, no, not for me. Gary Woodland, eighty or $6,800, has shown some flashes so far this year, but a lot of his good result at the Valero Texas Open was his incredible around the green play, which not quite known for. Correct. People are going to look at that T6 and say, oh, Gary Woodland, okay, starting to figure it out. Gains 4.9 strokes around the green. It made up the majority of his strokes gains from T to green. He is still lost in the ball striking categories. This is something that's been going on for a while now. Uh, there is, you'd have to pay me to get Gary Woodland in my lineups. Uh, he's also someone who's never really performed all that well with the Masters over time. Missed the cut three yeah. of the past four years. Had a T32 in the other year, so I'll be out. Christian Bezadenhout is $6,700. I just think his driving sucks too much for this course. But he, maybe maybe uh, he pulls a Justin Harding from a few years ago, but that's his path. I agree. His uh his his good run over here on the PGA Tour uh, has been has been all through the short game. He's he, there was a week he gained like 10 strokes uh on and around the greens and that's unlikely to happen again. The driver uh, so critically important at Augusta National as much as I I like Christian, I drafted him in our season long pat. Uh I would love it if he can go out and make me a million bucks this week. I just don't see that happening. Kevin Kisner, $6,700, no top 20s each of the past five years. People might glean on to him just because he played so well with the match play, but he didn't actually because he didn't even advance out of his fucking pod. Although, put him on the Ryder Cup team, Rick. He's, he's got to go. He won two matches at a match play and then lost to Matt Kuchar, and he was gone. I like Kiz. He probably makes the weekend, but he will not be making my DraftKings score. There are, uh, I think there's 25 guys that are now on the American Ryder Cup team with everything that I, Billy Ho's on it. Uh, Kevin Kisner is on it. These guys are all on the list. Kuchar's back in contention, but no, I, I agree with you. The, the match play stuff, you look at the metrics and again, caveat that it's match play. He loses three strokes putting. He was essentially a dead average player for his three rounds over the course of the week, which is honestly one of his best results, uh, recently. So uh, with, with the lack of driving, um, I, I just I just can't get there. Uh, hot fire, Dylan Fratelli, T5. The November Masters missed the cut in his only other appearance. He's actually one of these high, highly volatile players that I think could mm-hmm. play well here, but I don't... I just can I can never really... I liked him at match play. That was fine. He got out of his group. That That's great news. But other than that, I don't know. I, I think I like guys below him more. Uh, there's definitely one guy I like below him a lot more, but you're talking... 
Yeah. Scored. He's, he's going to miss a ton of cuts, but he finished 11th at the Zozo. He finished fifth at that Masters you're referring to in November. Had a top 25 at the Players' Championship. And of course, the run into the match play to the Sweet 16. It is, uh, it, you're never going to know when it's coming and he's going to miss a lot of cuts and he's going to make you look foolish a lot. But there are few guys in this range that have the upside that Fratelli has in some of these bigger events. Well, there's one guy who's also $6,700 who you should be playing in his name. We know is C. Woo! Kim, 6700 bucks, already a winner on the PGA Tour this year. If anyone from the sixes is going to win the Masters, it's going to be Siwoo. Oh, man. Uh, I, I, I like to leave the Siwoo analysis to you, Pat. I, I will say uh, the ball striking when he gets going can be uh, second to none. It, it is it is a sight to see when he gets hot. It is also a sight to see when things go <laughs> sideways. For Siwoo, um, it, you know, there, I still think there's probably one other guy that we haven't gotten to in the 6K range that has as much win equity. Eh, that might not be true. Siwoo, eh, I'll, okay, I'll, I'll give it to you. Siwoo Kim has probably the highest win equity out of the $6,000 range, despite it being uh very very low it's probably still him i like the way that he's been playing so far this year it's good hey, listen i don't think the siwoo is going to win but i think at sixty seven hundred dollars you get a guy who's made the cut at the masters three years in a row he already has a win this year the irons were if the irons can get amazing and that's what you want the short game is great he can get a hot putter from time to time and he's not short off the tee it's just you never know what siwoo is going to show up but he has played well at Augusta. Firm and fast. I like him on those type of courses. So I think that he's a good play at $6,700. I think he's a good bet at 150 to 1. Sebastian Munoz is next. Your, your guy. I mean, he's no Lonto yeah, for you. But Munoz played well in the November version until Sunday came along. He played pretty well at Valero, too, actually. Uh, his first like really mm-hmm. nice start in a while. Not going to do it for me here, though. Seabass got it going at the Valero, gained four and a half strokes on approach, finished inside the top 10. Yeah, he did play well for a while in November. Uh, I agree with you. This is as much as I would love to get to him, and I'm, I'm probably just lukewarm here. Uh, the play that he had at the end of 2020 was much better than the play that he has now, even though he did have a great finish and great metrics at the Valero to Texas Open. But that's that's one round that or one event. That's that's really the best we've seen from him recently. If he found something, that's great. But, you know, history, and trends would indicate that uh, it's going to be a bit more volatile. It's going to be a bit more rocky for him. So I'm not sprinting to the window as fast as I would like to get Sebastian Munoz into my lineups. Phil Mickelson is $6,600, obviously a three-time champion of this event, hitting bombs, wearing aviators, drinking coffee on the course. I think he probably makes the cut, but that's about it. Uh, is is Paul recording? Because I don't think I'll ever say this again. I actually like Phil Mickelson this week. I, and I am not a Phil Mickelson guy by any stretch of the imagination, but I have to tip my cap to the metrics. I got to look at it. He's gained strokes on approach in four of his last five starts. The last time he did that, it was February 2019. Those results included a runner-up finish at the what is now called the American Express and also his victory at the AT&T Pebble Beach. And now there couldn't be a better time for it, Pat. He goes to Augusta National for his 29th time. He's got 15 top 10 finishes. Of course, the three times being crowned the champion. Uh, If there was ever a week, and I'm not saying you have to, but if there was ever a week for me to get exposure to Phil Mickelson, it's right now. One of the great things about Phil DraftKings wise is that he'll always outscore his finishing position because he'll be volatile. He'll make a ton of birdies. He'll make a ton of bogeys. If you can have the putter and short game working this week, you are right. The ball striking has been really good. I don't make... I do think he makes the cut, like I said. Maybe like low lefty. Maybe that's where I'll be looking. Maybe a showdown lineup with Phil. How about this? Phil Mickelson, first round leader. 
Okay, let's do it. Yeah, especially let's let's hope he gets an early tea time, get out there in soft conditions. He can have his coffee in his big tumbler. He can be throwing darts at pin. Like, let's let's do it. I'm cool with that. Danny Willett, former Masters champion, also $6,600, playing better golf as of late. Probably not going to do it for me here, though. He, you've won me enough, Danny. You can take the week off. Yeah, you should just, like, never bet Danny Willett again. Just, like, take it, put it under the mattress, spend it on the wedding. Like, what I think that's how you spend it, right? Like, it's just, you know, it, like, you're good with Danny Willett. The one thing I wish we had was the, the shot link data from Punta Cana. He finished eighth there. I wish I knew how he did it. Um, so I've, I've got a big question mark next to Danny Willett's name. He paid for half my wedding. So thank you very much, Danny. You're a hero in my books. I don't think I've bet you since, but I wish you nothing but the best. I hope you win the Masters this year. That would be fantastic news. Not so much for me this time around, but you know what? I can eat it if you win again. Cameron Champ, $6,600. Played well in November at the Masters. And at Valero last week, two really good rounds, two really bad rounds. But the putting started to come around. The approaches started to come around. I don't know. He has a lot of length. Am I just a moron here? Oh man, this is really tough. So since that November Masters, here's what he's done on the green. Oh, minus I know. Four minus two, <laughs> minus four, minus three, minus three, minus five, minus a half, and then of course the first time he gained strokes since the Masters on the greens uh, was last week at the Valero, just to give us a little bit of a hope. I'm gonna say he has lost with the putter. That is your outlier week. He's not doesn't have two of those in a row. I'm out on Jack. He does possess the sort of game that you would want to see. Ortiz is a debutante. He's $6,500. He's been a lot of smoke and mirrors so far this year. He has some really nice results. Obviously, one in Houston during the swing season. But it's been a lot of chipping, a lot of putting, and the rest of his game has kind of went in the tank. He has gained strokes on approach once since his win in Houston, and it was a quarter of a stroke over four rounds in Phoenix. He is uh, almost entirely reliant on his short game, which is super scary, and especially at a place that, uh, I mean, listen, it's not it's not Detroit Golf Club. There are uh, impossible shots at Augusta National, and you got to have your absolute A-plus stuff if you're playing from the side of every single green. Ryan Palmer is $6,500. I do not hate Ryan Palmer this week. I think that here's the, I think you can use him at sixty five hundred dollars. And I think that last week in Valero kind of masked how good he's been so far this year. He has been, I mean, go back, call it 18 months. He's been one of the most valuable fantasy golfers. He returns whatever number you want, 10 times value, 12 times value, however you want to look at it. Uh, Ryan Palmer does it. He plays well at big events, runner up at the Memorial, fourth at the Zozo, fourth at the Tournament of Champions, finished runner up at the uh, Farmers Insurance. This was the guy that I was thinking of when we were talking about Siwoo Kim. I don't know if, if Ryan Palmer has more win equity, but he's got more like T3 equity because that's when he has his ceiling weeks. That seems to be where he winds up. Yeah, the last time he missed a cut was the U.S. Open uh, that Bryson won in 2020. He hasn't played the Masters since, I want to say, 2014. 2015, he was 33rd, missed the cut in 2012. T10 at the 2011 Masters. That was actually the year that he won the Sony as well. So he's playing well coming in. I, I think that he's kind of safe at $6,500. Now watch him shoot you know, 3000 over, but that's always kind of the case. Bobby Mack, another debutante, $6,500. I just like his game for Augusta. He's a lefty, and he's a great driver of the ball. Whatever he does after he leaves the tee box, I can't guarantee you. But I think for a debutant, he has some upside. I, I mean, I'm not going to use a ton of him. I don't think he's going to win, but I think he can make a cut here in his first go. 
I agree, and I'm pretty sure he played a lot better. So he got buzzsawed by, I think it was Victor Perez in like the Elite Eight or the Sweet 16 or whatever that was at the match play. He played a lot better than that. Didn't deserve that type of finish. I agree. The two things he has going for him, lefty and good driver. The the uh, the cons are that we don't know much else about him. There's not a huge sample size of him on the PGA Tour, and he's going to be making his, his debut here. So uh, another big question mark, but the the driver is a sight to behold. Uh, and I mean, he picked up a win on the European tour towards the end of last year. Like he's no scrub. He's a legit good player. He's young and he kills it off the tee. And that lefty shop shape is going to come in handy. And I think we saw in the match play how valuable his driver can be. Oh, he's, 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 he's special, right? I mean, that, that shot that he hit on, I guess it was on 18 early was, uh, almost exactly the amount of strokes gained in one shot as when Dustin Johnson nearly aced that par four at, uh, at, at the tournament of champions a couple of years ago. It was special stuff. Kevin Na is $6,500. I like Kevin Na this week. I think that in a firm and fast condition at a long course, Kevin Na has the sort of game that I like for this kind of setup. And it would be one thing if, you know, he'd never played well at the Masters before, but that just isn't true. He has played well at the Masters before. Fast greens, that's Kevin Na's jam. We know he's going to get it up and down. He's immaculate around the greens. Just don't be the guy who loses seven strokes off the tee. Be the guy who loses half a stroke off the tee, and you can turn out a top 15 finish. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see it. I'm not as excited. He's offset those three top 15s at the, uh, at the masters with three top, uh, excuse me, three missed cuts in the last 10 years or so. I, I just, I can never get him right. I I shrug my shoulders. I realize that this guy's won four times. I think once in each of the last four seasons. So he has plenty of upside. He is, uh, a personality that when he, when he gets going in the right direction, uh, he is, he is laser focused. Uh, I, I just can't, I can never get him right, Pat. I'm, I'm usually off him. Uh, he's going to make my short list. And I think that when we talk about the, this next guy, Matthew Wallace, he's volatile, but I mean, he should have won Valero over Spieth just based on the numbers. If he had just made a few putts, it was his tournament to lose. Tita Green, he played excellently. He's a grinder in tougher conditions. I tend to like him a little bit more. $6,400 seems really cheap to me. Uh, yeah, I agree. And if you want to go back even further, you look at what he's done on other, other difficult golf courses, played the Memorial last year, finished fourth there, you know, Muirfield village, one of the most difficult courses that we go to regularly on and, the PGA and, and tour. Remember how fast it ran that week? Yeah, it was brutal because they were literally ripping up the greens as the groups were finishing. I mean, they were, they let them go. It was, it was nuts. So I agree. Uh, these types of conditions, the spiciness, the crustiness, potentially not that Augusta nationals going to let them get crusty, but that, that is certainly better for Wallace than most of these other guys in the $6,000 range. Uh, cut in 2019 made the cut T 46 in 2020 for Wallace. I think that's the range Palmer, Bobby Mack, Nah and Wallace. If you want a last man in, I think those are the last man in type of players. Uh, I agree. You you could you could convince me, Burned Viesberger, who's made five cuts in a row, never missed a cut at the Masters, is somewhat interesting. You could convince me, maybe Zach Johnson, but I don't think you have to go that low. This is the spot where those guys. I think these guys that we just mentioned are significantly better, and uh, you can absolutely make lineups with them. Yeah, so of the guys below them, just the rest of the bunch, we don't need to really go too much into this. Langer ha- actually has made four or five cuts at the Masters. Weisberger's stuff is really deceptive, though. He makes the cut, but he does nothing when making the cut. That's absolutely right. He makes the cut. Five of five. There's only a handful of guys who have done it, who have played that often and never missed a cut. But yes, the the upside is certainly limited for old burned. Your boy Lonto, 64. He's below 7,000 bucks. 
That's usually the flow chart. Um, you know, the thing with Lonto is he's he's a great iron player. He's a great putter. When those two things get going, it's it's scary good. But also, he's uh, he's much more volatile now, I think, than than he was even a couple of months ago. I'm, I'm always going to love Lonto. I'm always going to have exposure to him. But again, there's just so many good six thousand dollar options, and even you know this this week that it's it's hard to kind of force him in. So you can't envision yourself playing anyone lower than Matt Wallace because I can't. No. No, I mean not. I mean Ryan Ryan Palmer is sixty five hundred dollars. Matt Wallace is sixty four hundred. I think they are both great options. I'm not gonna like. I love Brandon Todd. Won't make a single one of my lineups. Some of these other guys, like Jimmy Walker, in from that PGA Championship like five years ago. At this point, is he's ranked like seven hundred fiftieth in the world. No, that's 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 where I'm drawing my line. Is is Palmer and Wallace? I feel like yeah, Jimmy Walker has made the has made each of the past five cuts at the Masters, which absolutely blows my mind. The only one that actually gave me some sort of i don't know i I won't play him so i'm just putting that out there right now stewart sink seems underpriced stewart sinks won this season i know uh so if you put it that way then you would be right he won the safe way i think he played well a couple weeks after that as well um yeah i mean he's, he's being priced down here with guys that will absolutely not contend and are just here for pomp and circumstance all right Rick Gaiman. Oh, rickrungood.com. You can check out all of his work up there. And on the YouTube channel, Golf Digest, everywhere you want to be. Special alert to people of the things that you really want people to watch this week. Um, I think the the breakdown, the DFS preview I did on Rick Rungood YouTube channel is one of my favorite, one of the best I've done in a while. So that would be a good spot. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be a live chat on Wednesday evening um, that is going to be the first ever CBS sports live chat. And we are going to have a lot of guests cycling through that uh, you have heard of and you have seen on television and you might want to hear from. So that is going to be something fun. It'll be 6 30 PM Eastern time on Wednesday. I think it's on the CBS sports everywhere. I don't know, Twitch, YouTube, all that stuff. Is your best friend, Trevor Immelman giving you inside info? Uh, Trevor Immelman is a very difficult guy to, uh, to track down. We get Mark Immelman regularly on the, on the pod. So we get our information that way, but there, there's definitely some guys that you have heard of and hopefully enjoy that. We're going to be cycling through. So Rick Wednesday evening, live chat. You can tune into my live chat for the masters noon Eastern time PM on the Mayo media network, YouTube channel. So you can get your answers from me, then run them by Rick and just believe Rick and not me. Cause he's better at this than I am. I mentioned all the giveaways I have in store for you. Hit the description to find them all. Smash the like on the way out. And I will be back on Wednesday with more Masters coverage. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you for watching. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!